as a gathered community. And so we've looked at why church, why do we gather? And then we've looked at a combination of different aspects of worship and what worship looks like in our life together. We've looked at that through song, through um, the global church. We've looked at that in prayer, in word, in Jesus, in unity, in community, and what that looks like as a body of Christ gathered together. And then we went into a different aspects of the church. And so we looked at the global church. Um, we looked at the historical church. Last week, Eric talked about the missional church. And then today, we're going to look at the invitational church. And all of this leads us into our Advent series, which is this idea of dare to imagine. What if we as a community, a global community, a community gathered here in Metamora, dare to imagine God on a different level? Dare to imagine his goodness, his embrace, his song, his face, and his robe. And so as we gather together in this space, we will look at that over Advent. And we are invited into that in a different way. So what is the Invitational Church? The Invitational Church actually directly bleeds out of what Eric talked about last week, which is the Missional Church. The Missional Church is our identity, who we are as a body. We are a church that is an equipping center that sends people out. And the Invitational Church is our purpose. So we have our missional identity and an invitational purpose. The purpose of the Invitational Church is to accept the love that God has shown through his son Jesus and then share that and invite others into that. And we do that as a community that's gathered with the purpose of empowering, equipping, and loving one another. So the two might seem slightly in opposition to each other, right? Like, we're a missional church. We go out and we send people. Oh, and we should be invitational. Bring them in, right? That can feel in opposition. However, when you put them together, you see the beauty of the gospel. You see the beauty of a picture of a God who has invited us into relationship with him and therefore in community equips us to be sent out and invite others into relationship with God. And so that's what we're going to look at today. What is it to be invited into relationship with God? And then what is it to then invite others into that relationship? Our passage today is actually one of my favorite passages in scripture, and I could uh, do a five-hour lecture on it. So sit back, buckle up, here we go. Just kidding, I'm not going to do that to you. Um, but it starts in 2 Corinthians 5.14. It says, For the love of Christ urges us on, because we are convinced that one has died for all, and therefore all have died. And he died for all, so that we might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for him. This line, for the love of Christ urges us on. Our faith, our purpose, our identity is grounded in the love of Christ. It is grounded in the reality of the gospel that God created the world so that he may have relationship with humanity. God created us to be in relationship with him. And then sin comes into the story. And through sin coming in, our relationship with God is severed. But God sent his one and only son 
so that all who believe in him may not perish, but have eternal life, as it says in the Gospel of John. Jesus came to this world to be a bridge, to reconcile, to bring together humanity and God. And through Jesus, his love, his sacrifice, his giving it all, we can have life. Paul puts it really forcefully here, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. In Paul's forcefulness, we also see God's peacefulness. We see a God who desires relationship with us. A relationship with his son Jesus, whose love urges us forward, whose love holds us in truth and grace. And so today, our invitation is a relationship with Jesus. I invite you to close your eyes for a second. Just close your eyes and think back to the first time that you heard about Jesus. As you think back to that, what do you experience? Do you feel something in your gut? Is there a warmth in your heart? Do you feel a hunger to experience that again today? Whether it was 50 years ago, five years ago, or five minutes ago, Jesus is inviting us continuously into relationship with him. And today in this space, his love is urging us forward into a relationship with the creator of the universe, the savior of the world. We are invited into relationship with Jesus. We are invited individually, and we are invited as a community. As a missional church, our center is Jesus. The equipper is Jesus. God has, you're welcome to open your eyes now if you haven't. God has initiated this relationship through his son. God is the one who started it. God sent his son, his only son, to die for you. God sent his son, his only son, to die for me, to die for us. God started it, and we have an option to respond. And when we respond, when we step into God's love, it urges us forward to not hold on to it for ourselves. Because selfish love is nowhere in Scripture. Love in Scripture is completely selfless, starting with God's love. And so out of acceptance of Jesus' invitation in our life, we then are called or urged forward to invite others into relationship with Jesus. Because if you're passionate about something, you want others to be part of it. If we're talking college football, I am going to convince everyone to be an Oregon Ducks fan. Because go Ducks! Except yesterday, we're not going to talk about that. No, no, we're not going there. If you're a Utes fan, I don't want to. Um, but if I'm passionate about Oregon Ducks, Portland Trailblazers, I'm going to talk about it 
nonstop if we're in a conversation about sports. Because I love my teams, and I want you to love my teams. That is how it is with the love of Christ. If I'm truly passionate about the invitation to love Jesus and to be in relationship with Jesus, then it should be something I want others to be passionate about as well. And yet so often in our lives, we tend to back away from it, to shy away from that conversation, because it's a hard conversation in our world. It's a hard thing to talk at the, day, at the Thanksgiving table about. We say stay away from religion and politics. But the reality is, if I'm passionate about it, I want others to. And why would I want to invite someone into a relationship with Jesus or into a community that is passionate about Jesus? Well, we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago on November 8th. If you were gathered here uh, on a Wednesday night, we gathered and we talked about why. Why do we come to this church? What has this church given us? And so we have some of those gifts and blessings of this community. What are things, why would I want to invite someone into community, into the church? And some of those things are special friendships, warmth and care and hospitality, a grounded spirituality, a commitment to Jesus, a missional church, present in the need, an outward-facing and inward-facing, concern for the other, a place of growth, emphasis on the kingdom of God, stories of faith, power of prayer within the community, family values, and a simplicity of faith lived out. Those are reasons that those who were gathered here on November 8th believe that they would want to invite others into this community. Those are kingdom values. Those are selfless love lived out. So why would we invite others into relationship with Jesus? Because Jesus' love urges us forward. And the second part of that, part of 2 Corinthians says, and Jesus died for all so that all those who might live no longer live for themselves. As Jesus' love urges us forward, we live for others. Look around. We live for this community. We live for the people who are in our community. And we live for those who are not yet in our community. We live for those who know the Lord to support, encourage, to bless, to lift up, to empower, to equip. And we live for those outside of relationship with Jesus to share, to urge, to encourage, to empower, to lift up, to bring them to hope in Christ. We live for others. Now, when we look outside of 2 Corinthians, we see that the scriptural imperative, the demand of scripture is to go to the ends of the earth, to share Jesus with the world. At the end of his life, he dies, he's resurrected, he comes back to his disciples, and Jesus says in Matthew 28, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you, always, to the very end of the age. Jesus says, hey, I love you, now go love others. I love you, now go invite others to love me. 
Live into my invitation and live it out in your life. Paul continues, all this is from God who reconciled himself through Christ and has given us a ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting the trespasses against them, not counting anything that we've done or haven't done, said or haven't said, but giving us the followers of Jesus who have accepted that invitation, who are continuously accepting that invitation, the message of reconciliation. Because love invites love. Love invites love. There's a great story that N.T. Wright shares in his commentary on this passage, and I want to read this story to us. What on earth made you do that? The newspaper reporter was incredulous. A young woman had just won a competition. The first prize was a three-week trip around the world, the chance of a lifetime. And she had given it up in order to stay with a friend as she went into the hospital to face a crucial and terrifying operation. I mean, went on the reporter, surely she'd have understood. There must have been other people who could have been with her. The young woman remained silent, pursing her lips. Eventually, seeing she wasn't going to get away with saying nothing, she burst out. All right, you really want to know? You think I'm crazy. But what none of you know, and I wasn't going to tell you, is what she did for me three years ago. I was on drugs and I couldn't stop. It got worse and worse. My family threw me out. She was the only person who talked me through it. She mopped me down when I threw up. She changed my clothes. She took me to the hospital. She talked to the doctors. She made sure I was coming through. She helped me with the court case. She even helped me get a job. She, she, she loved me. She, so did I have any choice? Now that she's sick herself, it's the least thing I could do to stay with her. That's far less than she did for me. Jesus saw us in the depths of our sin, brought us out of the gutter, gave us new life, a new creation through his love, and therefore, the least we can do for him is share that with others. Love brings love. It invites love. As an invitational church, we live in love and we invite others into love. Two great theologians, N.T. Wright and Alan Hirsch, share some good quotes about what the invitational church is. N.T. Wright writes, the gospel is not a mechanism for getting people saved, which we often think of the gospel saving, right? But it's not a mechanism for getting people saved. It is the announcement of a love that has changed the world. A love that therefore takes the people who find themselves loved like this and sends them to live and work in a totally new way. He goes on to say, our invitation is a warm-hearted response of love to the love which has reached out, reached down, and reached you. The invitational church lives into that love and lives out of that love. It is the life of the missional church to be invitational, 
the church as an equipping center, as we looked at last week, that brings people to a place of knowing Jesus and sends people out to share Jesus. It equips us to be a people of witness out of response of what God has already done. Eric shared a quote last week from Alan Hirsch, and it says, the incarnation not only qualifies God's acts in the world, but also qualifies ours. If God's central way of reaching his world was to incarnate himself in Jesus, then our way of reaching the world should likewise be incarnational. We are called to be people who accept Jesus' love and invite others into that. All right, this is pretty heady, right? We've been pretty heady. It's been pretty theological. And you might be like, okay, Sarah, that's great. I've accepted Jesus as my Savior. I know he loves me. I can, like, pretend as though I'm talking to other people about it. I don't really want to, so we're just going to move on. But I want to look at some of the how. How do we do this? How do we be an invitational church? How do we live this out with our missional identity as a people who are sent? Well, first, the how is attraction over promotion. We want to be a place, a people, who are attractive, not promotive. The life that I'm living should be different enough that other people wonder why. There's a song that often plays on WCIC, if you listen to Christian radio, and it's called, uh, What Happened to You? Or something along those lines. And basically, her friends ask her, dude, what happened to you? You're different. And her response is, Jesus happened. Her life, her language, her priorities changed when she accepted the relationship that Jesus was giving to be in relationship with him. Something changed that was attractional, that people noticed. Paul talks about a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. When we live into that invitation of relationship with Jesus, that love that compels us forward, we become people of forgiveness, grace, peace, and justice. We become people who are grounded, rooted. We're different from the anger, fluffiness, fluttering, bouncing from thing to thing reality of the world that we live in. We become a new creation and people see that. And so the first how is live your life in a way that's worthy of the calling to which you've been called. If there's things today that are stopping you from looking any different from the world, lay those down. It's not worth it. Life's too short to hold on to this world. We want to be in the world, but not of the world. And so how is the life that you're living reflecting Jesus' love? How are we attracting others to us? And as you adjust your life, as you figure that out, as you start to be like, okay, I'm living a life that's a little bit different. Maybe it looks a little more like Jesus today. 
start to know your own story. Because somebody's going to ask you, hey, there's something different here. What is it? And if you respond, uh, that's not going to be helpful, right? But to be able to speak out of your own reality, your own story, and know your elevator pitch of what is different. It doesn't have to be like, well, let me tell you about this love that has intervened in my life. And there's this guy named Jesus. How much time you got, right? But what's different? Why are you different? How are you different? When someone says what happened, what, you seem different than you did last Thanksgiving. You're not getting angry about that. You're not screaming at your kids anymore. You're not shunning that family member who you haven't enjoyed being around. What's different? Say, you know what? I've encountered Jesus in a new way, and this is how. I've experienced grace in my own life. I've seen forgiveness, and I want to give that forgiveness. Know your story. And then out of that, lean into Jesus. Because here's the reality. When you are living a life that's in relationship with Jesus, and others start to notice that, when we start to do it on our own, everything crumbles. But when we lean into Jesus in those moments of questioning, in those moments of conversation, in those moments of in spaces that we're starting to invite others into knowing it, then Jesus is the one who does the work. It's not on us. It's not about us. It has nothing to do with us. It is completely and totally about the love that urges us forward. And so if you find yourself living an attractional life with having some elevator pitch moments, lean into Jesus in those moments and ask for his help. Within your head, pray as you're talking. It doesn't have to be super theological. The conversation doesn't have to rock their world. It doesn't. But what will happen as you lean into Jesus is that Jesus will open doors and Jesus will start to plant the seed that there is something more in their life and for their life. And lastly, invite. If you get to a space where your life is uh, looking different and others are asking you about it and you're leaning into Jesus, you're going to be able to overcome the fear that often happens when there's a moment that we can invite. Invite them into community. Invite them to the equipping center. Invite them to be part of those gifts and those blessings that we looked at on November 8th and were up on the screen a bit ago. Invite them to learn more with you because our faith is a journey and all of us still have more to learn. And so invite them to learn more with you. Invite them to ask good questions and ask your questions too. I know we all have questions about who God is, what God is doing, what God has done, what God hasn't done. Be willing to share those questions and invite them to ask those questions. And ultimately, invite them through continuing to love them, to know and love Jesus. And so as a missional church, this is a space that we encounter Jesus, that we hear that invitation over and over again to be in relationship with him, and we are sent out to be people 
who are attractional, willing, leaning, inviting people. On Tuesday, Tuesday, Avery and I went shopping for um, supplies for Advent wreath making, which is happening after church today. Everyone should come downstairs. It's going to be really great. It's even available for like little littles, so even baby littles, like Creighton age littles, um, can help. It's an intergenerational activity. So, shameless plug. Um, but Avery and I went shopping for Advent wreath making stuff, and we were checking out. We had probably 300 candles, and the lady was looking at us like we were crazy. And uh, I said, we're making Advent wreaths at church. And she was like, oh, okay. There was kind of a pause. And then she said, where do you go to church? And I said, Metamora Mennonite. Avery goes, it's in Metamora. <laughs> like, all right. And the, lady, and the lady was like, oh, well, I've been looking for a new church, but I live in Bartonville. And I'm like, Bartonville, Bartonville. I live in Bloomington. I, have, I think that's on the other side of And I was like, well, if you're ever in Metamora. And she was like, yeah, all right. And it was awkward. And it was kind of uncomfortable. But at the same time, I leaned in. Avery leaned in and made the invite. Because we believe that the love of Jesus compels us forward. So, questions for today to reflect on. First one, is God's love knocking at your heart today, inviting you into relationship with Jesus? You may be here today saying, you know what, Sarah, this is all great, but I haven't experienced Jesus' love, at least not in a long time. Is God's love knocking on your heart today? If so, Eric's available, I'm available there are many others in this church who are available to have those conversations of what does it mean to be in relationship with Jesus. Two, what does living as an ambassador of Christ look like for you today? What does it look like to live that life of attraction over promotion? Who is God putting on your heart to invite? To invite into community? To invite into relationship with him? And how will we as a community support, love, and welcome all as people are attracted to the love of Jesus that is in this community, in these individuals, and in this place? Amen? Thank you, Sarah. I think this is a wonderful reminder, a wonderful challenge um, to be more invitational as a church and as a people. Um, and it serves as a perfect transition into uh, our uh, next series of to, through Advent on uh, Dare to Imagine. Very, very, very timely. So thank you, Sarah. It's time for our prayer and sharing time. Invite you to uh, come forth with the, anything there. Steve has the microphone. I have uh, Karen Ewart asked me to share this. Um, she learned this week 
that her nephew, Barry, who was 58, um, was hospitalized with COVID um, and is quite seriously ill. Um, his condition had worsened throughout the week enough that he was airlifted to um, a hospital in Billings, Montana, and uh, he's been placed on a ventilator. So um, a very serious situation. The doctor actually um, said that he felt it was maybe only a 50% chance of survival. So um, we asked for, um, for prayers for Barry, um, uh, for the family, for Dave and Karen as they go through this situation, uh, for wisdom, for, um, for the right decisions by doctors uh, as, as they go through this. And we, we pray for healing for this. So in your mercy, Lord. Who else has something they would like to share? All right, let's come to the Lord and let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Does anyone have any announcements at this time? Jay? Food Pantry's uh, truck from Urbana is coming again Wednesday, 9 o'clock, sometime between 9 and 30, 9 to 9.30, so if you can help, we'd appreciate it. Thank you. I'm on number three. There you go. Um, what a gift this morning to be together take in that uh, uh, message together and sing together this morning. A couple of things that I just wanted to highlight, just some things that were weighty or significant. Um, our faith uh, grounded in the love of Christ. Be reconciled to God. Inviting continuously into relationship. This is what God does. We have an option to respond. Love invites love. Gospel is the announcement of that love. Be different. Be grounded. Know your own story. I still yell at my kids during, during Thanksgiving. Okay, that was, I'm going to work on that one. Lean into Jesus. Make an invite. We have before us this Advent series called Dare to Imagine, and we have um, intentionally designed some uh, different experiences or um, offerings for this season we wanted to just share, there's a list of uh, slides here, announcements, and the journey begins next week, uh, Dare to Imagine. And first is this uh, text 
um, Woodson quotes there, at Menno, um, 1833, to that number, 81010, and you will receive a daily scripture text and a question for reflection. And so that's a way um, to even throughout the week um, deepen. And if you've done this in the past, the same, you're already on the list. Okay, so, um, but uh, if you have not, I just invite you to do so. Next one. Uh, Christmas wreath, Advent at home, uh, craft time. That's today and next Sunday. We um, went and got some supplies and there's an Advent at home uh, deal that we can use. Uh, our family's going to use this for the first time. Uh, we'll have this on our, our table as we gather for, for meals and uh, we'll journey through this, uh, this uh, devotional thing for the but we're going to make the wreaths today. So whether you want one for yourself or maybe you want to make one for some grandchildren or whatever, and just come on down. Got some donuts, apple cider. It may or may not be hot. I don't know. So, uh, so we have that uh, today and next week. And, so, and then um, also we have a faith formation hour that happens before uh, church from 9 to 9.45. Uh, we're going to meet as one. We have three different groups, a group upstairs, a prayer group, and then uh, David's group as well. We're all going to meet in the library and go over Advent-specific um, scripture texts and prayers. And so love to do that um, if, you, if you want to come and engage with that. We'll have a midweek Zoom gathering. The link will be available this week. Uh, but we'll start that December 1st, 8th, 14th, and 21st. be from 7 to 8. And it's just uh, it's a midweek Zoom check-in. And we'll discuss a lot of the ideas that were brought forth the previous Sunday. Okay? All right? So another way to sort of deepen um, and just kind of talk about all these things that we talk about during Advent. And then we, uh, there's a, that drive-through um, live, uh, life, not live, it's misspelled, live nativity. This is over at uh, Christian Union Church. Um, and we have, uh, um, there'll be hay there. That's Mennonite hay, okay? That's from uh, <laughs> Garrett <laughs> and, uh, and Daniela are donating the hay for that, so... I don't know, Mennonite hate. This is a bad joke. Just move on. Isn't it time to go yet? Okay, so, um, so that's happening the third and fourth. Uh, that's in a couple weeks. So uh, we were shepherds last year. Uh, also, Matt, Kristen, and the girls, and that was fun. So if you want to volunteer for some of those things that are happening those two nights, because a lot of money is raised for Open Arms Food Pantry, so it's a good way to engage uh, in this season. It's just a neat event. I looked at the forecast. Bring your gloves. If you volunteer. Otherwise, you're in your cozy car because you drive through. Live nativity. Anyway, so that's what that is. Uh, next one, longest night service. We'll do this with Zion Baptist, and we'll offer this by way of Zoom this year. Okay, so we'll have um, some Zion uh, Baptist folks with us, and so we'll have that service, and we'll get that link to you soon. And then next, Christmas Eve, for those planners out there, uh, way back in the day, we used to do this at like 9 p.m. or something, but that was changed a few years ago. We didn't meet for Christmas Eve last year. Y'all remember that? Not meeting? So we're meeting this year. Praise the Lord. Amen? Come on. Let's meet. So that's at 4 p.m. And this is kind of tied to what uh, Sarah uh, had brought this morning. So just inviting us to prayerfully consider, dare to imagine, insert person or family's name, someone sitting next to me during this Advent journey. So I've made a couple invitations myself to some families. And... uh, you know, we'll leave that up to God, but I'm, you know, just intentional about that invitation. So that's that's what that is. I have a card that looks like that. If you want one to hang on your refrigerator, I've got some in that room. Okay. So I think that might be it for the announcements for me. 
Uh, I, I know it took m more than my fair share. I'm supposed to have one announcement, move on. But uh, anyway, but downstairs, immediately after the service, we'll get some things set up downstairs if you want to join us. As we leave here, may the Christ who walks on wounded feet walk with you on the road ahead. May the Christ who serves with wounded hands stretch out your hands to serve others. As we leave here, may you see the face of Christ in everyone you meet, and may everyone you meet see Christ in you. Songs number 813, 813 in the purple hymnal. Um, we pray that God this week through the Holy Spirit will help us be a reconciled community. In our fellowship, the promise of a new humanity, new creation. Heartless, loving heart united. We'll sing verses 1 and 3. Heart with loving heart united, met to know God's holy will. Let this love in us ignited, more and more our spirits fill. He the head, we are his members, we reflect the light he is. He the master, we disciples, he is ours and we are his. Since, O oh Lord, you have demanded that our lives your love should show, so we wait to be commanded forth into your world to go. Kindle in us love's compassion so that everyone may see in our fellowship the promise of a new humanity. Go in peace. <laughs>